you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Hey, we are in a series right now called Daniel. This is... uh the fifth week in the series. If you're not familiar with the series, it's really just, we've been going chapter by chapter through the book of Daniel. And uh, the, the Daniel really is about trying to live godly in an ungodly culture. And um, in today's message, I feel like is a shot at um, some people, man, this is like a, a bullseye. This isn't going to be for everyone in the room, but the, those that it lands on, I think it's going to land um, quite lovely in a special way. Anyways, um, let's pray. Hey, Jesus, please help. Amen. There's only two people really mentioned in the Daniel chapter 4, um, and one of them is the main character. His name is Daniel. And the second guy is the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so at this point, God's moving in King Nebuchadnezzar's life in a really rad way. And uh, what's happening is that in, in actually in chapter 2, we saw that King Nebuchadnezzar, God was giving him dreams and it was, he was stirring him to a point where he knew God was moving in his life and he didn't know what to do. And so he started calling on people to ask him to help interpret these dreams. And Daniel did. And what was really cool was after Daniel actually told him the dream he had, and then told him what he meant, Nebuchadnezzar was like, oh my God, you got to hear what he said. He said here in verse 47 in chapter 2, then the king said to Daniel, truly your God is the greatest of gods, the Lord over kings and the revealer of mysteries. For you have been able to reveal this secret. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel a ruler over the whole providence of Babylon, as well as the chief over all wise men. And at Daniel's request, he then appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the providence of Babylon, while Daniel remained in the king's court. Essentially, he promoted Daniel to be a major influencer in the kingdom of Babylon. And so... What I love is the king recognizes, oh man, Daniel, your God is the God of gods. I mean, that's a big deal. And so then in chapter 3, what we see is that he recognized that, that the Lord is God, but Nebuchadnezzar is still doing his own thing, and he makes this golden statue, 90 feet tall, pure gold, 9 feet wide, and requires everyone to worship it. And when everyone doesn't worship, everyone but Rakshak and Benny, right? Meshach, Rakshak, and Abednego, they didn't worship. And so they got thrown into the fiery furnace. And then God came through. And, and, and the Bible says, we read it last week, that there was a fourth person in the fire that was walking around with these guys. And none of the hairs on their head was even singed. God protected them. And the King Nebuchadnezzar makes this declaration. In, in verse 28, he said, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. 
They defied the king's commands and yet were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any other god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race, nation, or language, speak a word against their god, then they will be torn limb from limb and their houses be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted them. I mean... It's like Nebuchadnezzar is having some crazy encounters with the Lord. You ever had a crazy encounter with the Lord? Where that you would say, I know that I know that I know there's one God. Well, it appears to me that's what's happening in Nebuchadnezzar's life. Pretty rad. And as we jump into chapter 4, it gets even crazier. And so I'm going to have you all stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Oh, man, Tim, calm down. And so it says this in verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar then sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I want you all to know about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are His signs And powerful his wonders. His kingdom will last forever and his rule throughout all generations. Jesus, help us. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. All right. I don't know if you heard how crazy it is. I mean, this is like a heathen king telling everyone there's one God and y'all need to know him. He's prospered my life. I'm finding blessing in everything that I'm doing. And this God is good. And he went on to say that his kingdom, now this is the thing that's, that's kind of interesting. He says his kingdom will last forever. Isn't that the truth? Now my kingdom, my house one day, 200 years from now, won't even exist. Because the way they build them nowadays, and like they used to build them, you know what And so um, anyways, uh, uh, my kingdom, but I know a king who will. And in this passage, he's talking about how blessed he is, and we don't know the amount of time of how long Daniel's been there. We know that the life of Daniel, he probably got there as like a teenager, and at this point, it's been uh, a lot of years, maybe a decade, maybe a little bit longer, but Daniel actually lived through multiple kings. And so we think that he's older at this point in his life, and this is towards the end of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. So we think that this is probably 10, 15, maybe 20 years has passed. Y'all with me? And so probably because he's promoted Daniel to be a massive influencer in his kingdom, God keeps blessing Daniel, God keeps blessing Nebuchadnezzar. Because he's promoted godly people under him, like uh, Meshach, Rashak, and Abednego. Uh, I don't know if I ever say their names right. And so there's some theologians here. I just, I just go with it, you know? And so... Um, Blessing has probably come to Nebuchadnezzar, and he's seeing how God is blessing him, and he can't deny it. And I just know that there are many people here that have seen the hand of God in their life. But now something happens that's significant. Y'all need to know, I, I knew that this sermon was coming for a while, and it makes me nervous. It almost feels like God is really speaking to some people today. I'm pretty sober right now, and uh, 
I'm nervous. So in verse 6, Nebuchadnezzar was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. But one night I had a dream that frightened me, he said. I saw visions that terrified me as I laid in my bed. So I issued an order calling in all the wise men of Babylon so that they can tell me what the dream meant. I didn't know what to do. I had a dream and I couldn't figure it out and so I needed help. Y'all need to know, connect group start in two weeks. All right? Y'all need to know you can't do it on your own. You need people. We are not a church that has small groups. We are a church of small groups. This is what we do because we can gather in rows, but you will only grow in a circle. It's good to come and hear a sermon every once in a while, but when you start growing is when you start expressing what God is doing in your life and the experiences you're having. The gospel wasn't meant to be told. It was meant to be shared. And so you need to be in a connect group. Can I get an amen from everyone? And so we've got 19 groups meeting throughout all the city, and there's three that I'm going to tell you about real quick. we got a men's group starting. That's pretty cool. My man Rafael uh, Lozano is going to start a men's group, and uh, he's powerful. What God has done in his life and his testimony, he wants to share that with guys. He wants to make sure that men love the Lord first, love their wives, love their kids, and have a quality job. I'm like, that's, that's a group right there. And he said, and we want to have fun. And I'm like, can you tell me more about the fun part, please? And, uh, and so uh, you need to go to Rask Group. There's a marriage group that is meeting um, and, uh, and David and Anna Maria's house. And uh, I want you to know uh, it's important to focus on what matters most in your life. And right now in your life, many of you need to focus on your marriage. Go to a marriage group. Laugh your way to a better marriage. They're doing a series, and it is super funny and very convicting at the same time. It's really good. I can't tell you how many times we laughed in the meeting and argued the whole way home. Uh, it was really good for my marriage. I'm still married today. And then the last two that I'll tell you about real quick is uh, Dean and Joy have a Bible study at their house. That's, uh, uh, they just finished the book of Hebrews after about 17 years. We're proud of you guys. And... Uh, uh, and so anyways, and then Matt is doing the uh, book of Colossians. There's multiple groups. A lot of them are fun. Some of them are Frisbee. Some of them are, are running and uh, all kinds of stuff. Check out a group. De- Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He needed the interpretation. He called on people to help him. One of those people he called on was Daniel. And he told Daniel the dream. And this is what went down. He said, I was lying on my bed, and this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth, and the tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. He said, that was the dream that I had. And so he would continue on to explain the dream to Daniel and to all the other people. And I'm sure the other people gave their interpretations of what the dream meant also. And then here's what happened. Daniel begins to pray. And I love this, I love this, I love this. And then it says, Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, was overcome for a time. He was frightened by the meaning of the dream. When God puts a prophetic word on your heart, what I love is the way that Daniel lived with grace and truth I love that he cared about people. I love that he had affection. He, he got the interpretation for this dream and it grieved him. It bothered him. And you're going to understand why here in a second. He was frightened by the meaning of the dream. And then he said to the king, 
Um, Then the king said to him, don't be alarmed by the dream uh, and what it means. So Daniel said, the events that overshadowed in your dream, uh, I'm sorry, that's not what happened. He said, I wish that the events that overshadowed, uh, foreshadowed in the dream would happen to your enemies, my Lord, and not you. I love this. He said that I, I, I got the interpretation for your dream, and I wish that it wouldn't happen to you. I wish that it would happen to your enemies. Now, what we knew up to this point is that Nebuchadnezzar was an ungodly man willing to throw people into a fire because they didn't worship a golden statue. And so I love that the bond that they've created between Daniel and this wicked king. I want you to know that God has placed you in some form of leadership, whether it's godly or ungodly, and you can love people with a beautiful love and serve and honor and be kind and be good, even if they're not good to others. Does that make sense? And you may, it may be really frustrating. And we started off in week two explaining just how difficult it, things happened to Daniel to put him in that position. I mean, there's a high probability uh, he became a eunuch because of his life. I mean, he suffered to be where he was. He lost his family and his homeland and everything, yet he still served with honor. He didn't want to tell the king, ah, I gotcha. Anyways, he said, I got your report. And it wasn't good. He said, uh, I pray that wouldn't happen to you. The tree that you saw growing very tall and strong, reaching the high in heavens for all the world to see. Yeah, I understand. He would go on to say in verse 22, that tree, your majesty, is you. For you have grown strong and great, and your greatness, it reaches to the heavens, and your rule to the ends of the earth. And this is what it means. Your majesty, what the most high has declared will happen to the Lord, my king, is that you're going to be driven from humanity, from human society, and you will live in the fields and in, with wild animals, and you'll eat grass like a cow for seven periods of time. And he goes on to say, but the stump and the roots of the tree that were left in the ground, you will get your kingdom back. I... As a pastor, I get difficult phone calls. Um, I, I get sometimes the worst moment phone calls. The, I don't know how to tell you this, but something terrible just happened. And in those moments, I understand what Daniel felt when he said, I really don't want to tell you this. I wish that there was something else that I can explain, but... But King Nebuchadnezzar, something bad's going to happen to you. But what's confusing about this and why this is important in this series, because Daniel is living godly amongst the ungodly culture, and King Nebuchadnezzar is being blessed by God. And he's telling others about the blessing that's in his life. Yet Daniel has one word of advice for the king. And you can find it in verse 27. And he said, King Nebuchadnezzar, Please accept my advice. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past and be merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you will continue to prosper. He says, King, I want you to know God has blessed you and he wants to keep blessing you. Stop sinning. Stop 
sinning. Stop sinning. I don't know what it is in our life where we can hear the voice of God as if it's a cute suggestion. Slow down. Stop. Don't do that. I've been with people at the desk filled with regret because they didn't heed what the Holy Spirit said. And this story is about a, about a man who was blessed by God, yet in his life didn't honor God. Yeah, you can, you can show up to church and we all think you're godly because you're doing and saying all the right things. But you need to know we aren't your God. We're your family. Family sees messy things and family likes you anyway. But there is a God who sees. And there is a God who says, stop. And the reality is, is that Nebuchadnezzar knew where his blessing came from. And he knew why things were, were increasing in his, in his kingdom because he had put godly people there. And I don't know if you don't listen to the warning in your life what would happen, but I've seen it. I've been there with the marriages that didn't listen. The guy who wouldn't turn that crap off his computer. I've seen the people. Man, I had a coworker once. He was a manager. Worked, worked with the company for over 10 years. We used to have inventory that would get so old, three, four years old, we'd throw it in the trash because the company didn't want it back because it was worthless to them. And this dude took some of the things that was meant to go in the trash home. Someone found out about it, and he lost his job. Wasn't that big of a deal? It's kind of like if I was to be driving with my wife, and I see a beautiful woman walking down the street. Nothing wrong that she's beautiful. And if I just recognize that she's beautiful for longer than I should, it doesn't hurt me. It hurts her. What you need to know is you've entered into a relationship with a holy God who loves you, who is blessing you, who woke you up this morning, who is blessing you with good people and a good home and a good life. But only He decides what is too far, is too far, is too, but it's not a big deal to me. No one asked you. In fact, that's going to be King Nebuchadnezzar's response here in this story. Stop sinning. I think about the story of John the Baptist when he's preaching to the people in the masses in Matthew chapter 3. And he said, even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to server the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Did you hear that? Even now, the axe is ready to chop down the tree. Not trying to be harsh, just the reality is real. Sin is not okay. Beloved, I need you to do an inventory really quick. Identify one thing in your life that the Lord said, stop. 
It's not a suggestion. And what I've learned is in my life, when I obey God, I grow. You know what else I learned? In my marriage, when I do what my wife wants done, <laughs> the marriage is getting better. When I don't do things that she wants me to do, it affects our relationship. Can you believe that or not? In any relationship you want to increase, what are they saying? And there comes a point where this is not okay anymore ever again. Nebuchadnezzar was judged by God. The scripture says he went out on his balcony one day and said to, he, he was said to himself, a year later, after Daniel interpreted the dream, a year later, and I, I actually think that that's fascinating. Because someone's like, hey, you know, this could happen. Yeah, it could, but it won't. And he just goes back to himself, and he goes out on the balcony, and he says, all of this kingdom I made by my own hands. And the Bible says that when, he, when the words came out of his mouth, God judged him. And we don't exactly understand how much of this was real or not real, um, figurative or not. But the Bible says that he ended up being like the cattle and going and eating grass. And what we understand is that he went crazy. And crazy happens. It happens in depression. It happens in all kinds of mental illnesses that are current and modern today in people. And you can't control when things go wrong. You can't control your health. There's so many things in your life that are out of your control that are only in His. And the Bible says for seven seasons, He had to leave His kingdom and it was governed by other people and He was humbled. Church, I've seen the tears I've seen the shame, I've seen the embarrassment, I've heard the pleads, if I could just go back, I could just go back, and sometimes uh, too much is too much and you can't go back. Stop sinning. If I could title this message today, it'd be really deep. Can you guess what it would be called? I want you to walk away understanding what pastor's saying very clearly today. Because the acts of God is already at the root of the tree. Now, what's really beautiful is what ends up happening is when, when Nebuchadnezzar was out there in the field, he recognized what, who the Lord was. He began to praise the Lord. God healed him and restored him back to his kingdom. And the Bible says that he actually restored it back to such a place, put him back in the palace, and his kingdom actually prospered even more than it had previously. I've seen God's hand of restoration in marriages, in families, in my own life. I've watched God humble me and had, I've had to eat crow a few times in my life. Anyone else willing to be honest? What I've learned, I've had to learn the hard way, is that God's way is better than my way. I hope you learn that. There is a way that seems right to man, but the end it leads to there is a way that feels good to man. Seems really logical. But the Lord isn't making suggestions. I want to make it clear. But when he restores, it is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. Man, me and my wife, we've been in some doozies of a fight. So I didn't know if we were ever going to make it out. But what I love is when God breathes on us and he restores something, 
It just strengthens. Like, like restoration is so important, and it comes from a place of repentance and humility. I don't know what it is you want restored in your life today. I don't know where you need his blessing, but I want God's blessing, and he is blessing us, and if we want that continued blessing, I think that the Lord is making a stern warning. Now, if you're new to our church, well, you may not know, I am not normally this specific about something feel like this is the word of the Lord for someone here today. And it's really deep. Stop sinning. Then the Bible would go on to say, um, there at the end of the passage, that he would restore him. And after a time had passed, in verse 34, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven, and my sanity returned, and I praised and worshiped the Most High, and I honored the one who lives forever. And that's what he didn't do before. He honored God. It wasn't lip service. He did it with his life. Honor is the way, not the things you say, but the way you live. It's what you do when no one's watching. It's the culture and the climate of your heart and your life. I want my life to honor my wife. I want my life to honor my children. I want my life to honor the Lord. That when I'm dead and gone, which I will be, that people can say he honored the Lord. And that's what matters most. Then the scripture would go on to say what I, I want you already to know. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify the king of heaven, and all of his acts are just and true, and he is able to humble the proud. Um, hey, if you're here today and uh, the Lord has been putting his finger on some things in your life that's not okay, I need you to know that he, he loves you. He's good. Really, the gospel doesn't make sense that the Father would give the life of His Son so that you could have life. You and I did wrong. Jesus did not. And He loved us to show us His goodness. He sacrificed His Son in a terrible death so that we would have and own and possess blessing. And now he's saying, walk in that. If I can simplify what God's will is, Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says, this is the will of God, that you love justice and mercy, and you walk humbly with your God. And I think that means he wants you to live righteously recognizing that God has blessed you and you live in a way that honors that. Would y'all do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes? Hey, if um, God is putting something on your heart and he's saying, hey, today enough is enough and I need to make a change in my life, something has to stop. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? God bless you. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Jesus.
you know, let me make, hold on, that ain't going to work. I'm sorry, y'all look at me for a second. think that we think the big things are the wrong things. But he's calling us to holiness, and it's the little things that are tripping you and creating a deception of things that are okay. Gossip is not okay. Covetness is not okay. I have found in my life that God deals with one thing at a time. I pray that you the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to convict you. What happens when we live in sin for so long, we stop getting convicted. Man, beg for conviction in your life again. So we're going to end uh, the service. I've asked a few of my friends, um, just random members of our church, to come up. I'm going to ask those peoples to come up real quick. We're in a time of prayer right now in our church, and um, we're in. Uh, we're doing 21 days. Nope, that's not true. We're not doing 21 days of prayer. We're doing 14 days of prayer. It starts today. You want to? Who wants to join us with 14 days of prayer? I don't know where you're at spiritually, but the idea is to grow. Whatever you've been doing, grow. So if you struggle with prayer, I want you to know there are a lot of seasons in my life where I struggle with prayer. Anyone else? Thank you for being honest. Stop. (laughs) Now we get better. But in order to get better, you have to make a decision and then do it. And so I know that sometimes for me, I know how to pray, but I just have to make time to do it. Everyone get your cell phones out real quick. We are going to go long today, and that's just what's going to happen. Everyone get your cell phones out, and I need you to set a calendar reminder tomorrow, right now, anytime, pick a time, anytime tomorrow, for five minutes, I want you to pray. If you can't pray for five minutes, there are things that are massively out of order in the priorities that we're living not for Jesus, but for us. And uh, I know how to pray. Sometimes I just don't schedule it. I make prayer so casual that I don't actually talk to God. I just talk to him. But we want to be intimate with God. We want to have moments where we're talking directly If you're married, you want to go on a date with your wife every once in a while. Amen, ladies? Amen. Okay. So this is what you're going to do. I'm going to give you a a tool. There's many different ways that you can pray, hundreds of them. This one isn't even a biblical one. I I found it somewhere, and I've been doing it for a few years. I taught it to my kids, and when prayer gets difficult, I use this one. It's an acronym, and it's called PRAY. Everyone say PRAY. We're going to put it up on the screen here. Praise, repent, ask, yield. So wonderful. Pray, God inhabits the praises of his people. When you enter into prayer and you don't ask anything first, 
you then remember who you're talking to, which is a really important thing when you're on a date with someone to know, wow, that person is special and greater than me. Now your date has value. Praise the Lord first. Mm. Then repent. Every day in our life, we should ask God to forgive us. It's in the Lord's prayer. And then we'll ask him to move in our life, and then we will yield to what... Because you should have time where you let God speak to you and direct you and tell you what he wants you to do next. Does that make sense? So I'm going to teach you guys this. It's only going to take five minutes or 25 minutes, somewhere along the line. (laughs) And we're all going to do it together. You can stand right now. You can kneel. You can just sit in your chair. But I'm going to ask you to pray the acronym with me. Pray. And uh, we're going to model it for you. And you can do your own prayer right now. Um, But I just know that we need to be increasing our love for God. And that only happens when we actually meet with him. Yeah. Cool. Amen. You got it. Awesome. Rich is going to start us off. <laughs> Almighty God, wonderful Savior, beautiful Spirit. Jesus. Oh, we praise you. We praise you. Jesus. Your words, your name is on our lips. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise. Yes, For you are worthy. You are the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. You are worthy of our praise, of everything that we have and we are. We give to you. We lay it down at your feet, for you are worthy. All creation cries out your praise, for you are the only true living God. You reign above all, and we give you all the glory and praise. Father God, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We thank you for everything that you have done in us and through us, in our past and in our future. In our present, we lift ourselves up to you and ask that you would have your way. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just come. We give you praise. We lift your name high above all else that's going on in our lives. Oh, Jesus, we know that you are our Savior, the one that came and gave everything for us, that we would be able to spend eternity eternity with with you. We give you praise. We give you praise. Everything that we have, every breath that we breathe, every word that we speak, every step that we take, may it be praise unto you. May everything that we do bring you honor and glory that your light would shine in us and through us to all creation, that your praise would radiate in everything that we do. Jesus, you are high and lifted up. You reign above all situations and circumstances. You know the beginning and the end, and we put our trust in you right now, Holy Spirit, that you are walking every step with us. There is no, no one on earth that will not proclaim your name. Every creation, all over creation, Every part of creation will praise your name and does praise your name. From the sunrise to the sunset, you are glorified throughout creation. And we just lift your name high. Oh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right now, right now, we give you honor, glory, and praise. 
It's just the praise portion. And what's important is that in you praise, you're talking to him about what you know who he is. You're speaking truth to him. And when you do it sacrificially, what you do is you push beyond just the initial compliment, if you would, and you push into a forceful declaration of who God is. And as you begin to do this, my friends, his spirit will come upon you. Is there anyone else who has ever experienced this? To those that are learning prayer, you push past the initial compliment into a declaration of who he is. Amen? Amen. And then you move into the second part. And you stay there. And we repent. And as your pastor, I'll lead you in that. God, I'm sorry that I'm prideful. I'm sorry that I am the most important person in my life. When you modeled for me that you came to serve and to give your life as a ransom, you gave your life away for us, and somehow I make myself the most important person in my life. I'm prideful. I am insecure. I am often largely disobedient. When you tell me to do something, sometimes I delay. I'm sorry, God, that I get in your way and that I'm not listening to you. I have not made enough time for you in my life. I've not made you a a priority, and I repent. You are the most important thing in my life. You are the most valuable thing in my life, and I ask, God, that you would forgive me and that you would change me and that you would teach me how to love you. I pray that you would purge me of lust. I pray that you would purge me of covetousness. I pray that you would purge me of pride. I pray that you would give me humility, that you would wash me and cleanse me in the blood of Jesus and that you would change me from who I am. God, that you would teach me to love others, that you would teach me to love wisdom and instruction and not be arrogant and puffed up and proud. God, I'm praying, God, that you would humble me, change me. God, teach me to love you. Teach me, I ask for that you would teach me how to forgive others that have sinned against me. I'm asking God that you would teach me how to love others that have sinned against me. I pray God that I would learn how to bless those that have cursed me and the people in my life right now, God, that I have ought with. I ask God that you would forgive me of my offense towards them and that you would allow me, God, to have a love for them because I offended you and you loved me and you brought me closer. So God, I pray that you would forgive me of my sin and lead me into righteousness in Jesus' name. This is part two. And when you're done with that, then you turn the page and then you start asking for the things that you know that are on your heart. But you wait till you get there. Don't rush in the prayer just asking because your mind is too muddled with too many emotions of things that's going on. But now we'll petition the Lord. Father, I ask that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would come and wash us clean, Father, and make us new, Lord. I pray, Father, and I ask, Lord Jesus, that for our families, Father, there's a lot of health issues going on right now, Father, in my family, Lord Jesus, and every person that I know, I pray, Lord, that your healing touch would just touch people at the point of their needs, Father. I pray and I ask, Lord Jesus, for a blessing of finances, Father, in my life, Lord Jesus. I pray and I thank you, Lord, for the blessing that the new building has been, Father. But I pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you would bless me so I can bless others, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, 
through the new building, Lord Jesus, so that I could give my finances, that we could go into the new building, Lord Jesus. I pray and I ask, Lord Jesus, most importantly, Lord Jesus, for new people to come into our new church or even this church, Father, that they, when they come, Lord Jesus, that they would experience you, Lord Father. I ask, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit would just come into this room, Father, that as soon as they walk in, Lord Jesus, that they would have an encounter with you, Father. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would just be with us, Father. I pray, God, and I ask that you would, you would help us, Lord Jesus, in, in times, Lord Jesus, when we feel discouraged, Lord Jesus, or when we feel like, Lord, that we're not enough, Father. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would, you would help us, Lord Jesus, to know that you still love us. Yeah. That you are still with us, Lord yeah. Jesus. And like if no one is there, Lord Jesus, to support us, that we know and we have knowledge, Lord Jesus, that you are there with yeah. us through each and every storm that we walk through, Father, that you are our anchor in every storm, Lord yeah. Jesus. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would be with us, Father. We love you, Father, and we ask all of this in your holy and matchless name, Father. It, what's good about this is when you have an acronym, you have breaks that your mind doesn't just wander. There are disciplines to fall back on. So prayer models for some people that are super spirit filled, they don't like prayer models, but it, sometimes you start prayer and then you ended up at Publix in your mind somewhere. And so stay on a model that will keep you grounded in, into prayer so you know what you're asking next. Uh, Logan, would you yield? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would begin to identify the things in my life that seem right to me but is leading to spiritual death. I ask that you would help me to hate what you hate and to love what you love. And that you would lead me in guiding my family and my wife and my kids. And that you would show me when they're watching me and when to stop saying things that I shouldn't say around them and reacting, and that I would feel your conviction and that you would move me before I say it in front of them. This is how we're going to end in prayer today. Um, the Bible verse for today in your app there's a theme every day this week. Last week, the theme was worship. Thank you, friends. Last week, the theme was worship. This week, the theme, last week we went up. This week, we're going in, okay? And so um, the, the prayer today was um, Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, I believe. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And so I declare that over our church today, that God is working in you. He's convicting you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. But he is giving you the power to do what pleases him. Father, I believe everything you want from me starts with me having relationship with you. Help me to prioritize you first in my life. I pray your power on your people that this week their hearts would yearn to honor you in their life. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I love you guys. Have a good week. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, 
and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.